I'm no, I'm not a court and expert. I'm just the face. You're you're the face of the operation. <laughs> the face. Yeah. You believe that's it. that you are the face of this operation. I guess I'm not really even that. That I think about it, I don't even know what I provide. Well, because you have to choose one thing, right? You can be the face, the looks, the muscle, or the face, the brains, the muscle, or the wild card. So if you want to be the looks of the operation, that's fine. That means that you so cannot you be the. Can't. You just can't be the brains or the muscle. Which one would you rather be? The thing about the muscle is, I don't know if we need that much muscle with our organization. We need the muscle. Everyone's BAA. We have had recent, of course, uh, in previous episodes of the podcast, we have mentioned that we have a uh, a troop of uh, little boy uh, Westworld style robots who kind of guard our facility. You know, they're not real, but they are sentient in a little way. They, uh, of course, are guarding the bottomless piggy bank. Yeah, you need that because <laughs> it's hard to pay train guards to guard a guard guard. Guard a bottomless piggy bank. Jeez, and the words are coming. I mean, like it's so hard. To, it's said. it's so hard to say, right? And it's even Guards hard to say because guard, blah, blah, blah. people probably don't even know what a bottomless piggy bank is. All it really is is just a massive, giant porcelain hedge fund uh, pig with its uh, bottoms, uh, with his pants pulled down around his ankles, making him bottomless. And that's truly where we uh, that truly bottomless. And that's where we kind of garner our funds. And we so so we have a bunch of these little boy cowboys uh, looking over our security systems. We try our best. We try, we're trying our best. We're trying our best. So that's the muscle that we really need. Cam, if you want to be the looks, then I will take the responsibility upon me and uh, just be the brains. I'm right. the brains of the operation. There, you heard it here first. Two season pod, episode 83. Kick it. Kick it. Continuing tonight on two season pod. 96.7 on your... Two season a pod, 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 two we're rock and roll, rock and roll, doing some stuff. We're gonna play games and making it rough. Hey, tuning in to two G's and a pound. Guitar solo for 25 minutes. Drum solo. Bah. Ah. Welcome. Welcome. You got your coffee and a beer? Co yeah, coffee and a beer. My two favorite things. You're, that's what you're doing? Jesus Christ, Cam. Um, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. It's 12 o'clock. It's like, what time is it, right? Is it brunch climb or drinking the clock time? You just said climb uh, by accident. So I'm drinking a beer and a coffee. Yeah, I, know you're, it's, I, I, I think that's literally a depressant and a stimulant. I don't know if it, that's... you uh, got to keep neutral. I don't know if that's the best. Welcome to Season Pod here, folks. Episode 83. Three. It's a beautiful... Uh, uh, day in the summertime here in Southern Ontario. Summer's almost over, and I could not be more excited for really? it to be over. What are you looking forward to? I'm just I'm looking forward to uh, wearing my jean jacket 
Uh, Last kind of end of summer into fall and then spring, you know, everything was so shut down that I never got the chance to wear uh, my nice uh, my nice jean jacket. So I'm looking forward to the weather to kind of turn so I can uh, so I can wear that again. I mean, and besides that, not many other reasons. I don't think Uh, it really like I do like the outfits and really just focused on the jean jacket at this point. The jeans are nice. I think, yeah, I think it's about time for old Cammy Boy to get another pair of jeans, too. I've, I always buy two pairs of jeans, the exact same ones, and I wear them until they die. But what I mean by they die is I always get marks or I get like they get very worn out on the knees. Hmm. I don't know if you get that or if they're on your butt that you get it, but I I'm find cr- it just gets like super white. I'm a crotch guy. Crotch guy, that's where that's, you go. That's I always it's it's the it's whether it's jean shorts or cargo shorts or pants or like what, a lot what of high kicks or something. What, like what's whatever going, what's going it is, on? I'm always burning them out at the exact same spot. Um, yeah, that that's about it. But yeah, everyone you know has why? their own thing. I my 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 thought is that uh, I have to, I wear a small size of pant. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm boys a, twelve and under. I, I'm I'm wear I'm wearing a, about a boys twelve, <laughs> about a boys twelve. No, I'm like I, I, I'm a, about a twenty eight is what I would say is a comfortable yeah. fit for me. Uh, and then 28, thir- 28 or something. Thirty longest, the longest yeah. will be a thirty. And what I think it is, I think is that I'm very flexible. I'm a malleable person, and when you're flexible and a malleable person, you do. You, I don't know how other people move. So let's say there's this one really big ledge that you need to hop. I need to hop over at work to get to another area. And it's a very easy hop for me. It's sort of like one leg up, next leg follow, boom. And a lot of other people just struggle trying to getting up the ledge. And I'm wondering, asking myself, is it because I'm doing something differently than other people are? It must be. And in that case, if we're buying the same pants, there's a chance the pants might just not be made for me. You know, like the pants are intended for what people of this size are usually able to do. If I'm able to do more, obviously these pants aren't going to work. So, yeah, so that's you're why saying that, people at your size should not be able to jump over ledges? Possibly. Possibly. And until I get myself some incredible Hulk style uh, jean shorts that rip slightly but still fit, um, this is going to be a problem for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, jean shorts, that's the choice? Those are the ones that go? Uh, no, and no, literally anything I wear okay. on Just my anything pants. anything that goes, any, yeah. Any, any, I accept, yeah, I mean, I don't wear sweatpants or anything, but yeah. All the jeans, yeah, you know, even like when it's a slack type fabric. Oh, God, intriguing shit here on the podcast. I'll tell you that much. What, talking about, this is what we do. We talk about stuff. I'm talking about pants. What talking am I supposed pants. to do? Yeah, mine was going on the knees. I think it's because I play a lot on the ground with Darla. And, and or your, I'm just doing, friends. or I'm just, I don't know, just doing a lot of, like, I have no problem going down on a knee to do stuff. So that could be it. Yeah. yeah. It probably is what it is. And it's always the right knee too. It's never both knees. It's just the right knee that always goes like completely white. I used to know a guy who used to chew a lot and he would get a skull ring on his back pocket. Yeah. So you've seen you, that before? You knew a guy. Yeah. It wasn't me. It was, I wasn't packing that on. You knew a guy. Okay. I knew a guy. It was one of those guys who was like, that was his identity mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like he wanted the skull ring to let people know. Like, And, and, and his out. name was something like uh, Lamb Coclair or something. <laughs> right? No, it's actually It, it rhymed with, uh, with, Damn uh, with Damn Smalair. Smalair. <laughs> no, I, you probably heard about the guy. Um, old friend of mine. He was the guy who... This was one of the craziest stories ever. 
this is when I knew it was probably not a good friendship. I wanted to keep around for much longer. He came over to my university residence in first year with him and his friend. They drove there. They were getting pretty drunk with us, like just me pretty much in the uh, dorm room. And then they kept going out to their car to go smoke bowls because I was like, I don't like don't smoke bowls. I don't smoke bowls here. So I'm not going to be the guy to get in trouble for it. I was also the house president. So, you know, bad optics, don't, bad optics, you know, anyway, they keep going out. They come back in after like five, 10 minutes, whatever. And then after like 20 minutes, they just don't show up one time. And I'm like, that's weird because we've been drinking and they've been smoking. I look outside and their car's gone. I'm like, Oh, not good. Because they're from Mississauga. I'm like, where the hell could they have gone? So I call the phone, call the phone, call the phone. Just, you know, they're just not picking up. Anyway, I eventually just say like, well, nothing more I can do. I, I have no idea where they went. I get a phone call in the morning from my dad. He's like, was Kurt with you last night? And I'm like, not a phone call you really want to get, right? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, like, ni- you're 19. 18 yeah. maybe yeah exactly like it's, not a, like, it's, it's a yeah you're a bit younger and he tells me he, they um he wasn't dead but they found him in wasega beach he drove from kitchener to wasega beach it was like two hours that's a long drive even me my more probably oh it gets better went to his grandma's place where his dad was storing his 1968 corvette stole the Corvette and crashed it into the ditch on the main drag of Wasega Beach and then got away. Like, there was no charges laid. What? Like, yeah. Because, like, I think they just bailed on the car and then the cops called, like, um, like, Pat, is this your car? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we found it, like, here. Like, there's no one in it. Like, do you want us to do an investigation? He's like... It's okay. Like, because I think he kind of put two and two together. He's like, there, I know how it got stolen. And yeah, it was like, it was like, holy fuck, you, you made such poor decisions that you stole a car. So first of all, you drove two hours drunk, like hammered, and then stole a Corvette and then crashed a Corvette. So what? Crazy story. There, yeah, no, there's a lot. There's really a lot to unpack there, right? Certainly, uh... Uh, wealthy people doing crazy things, that's normal. So as soon as you kind of put those context clues together of if if you have enough money to store a luxury car at you, at a second property that's in a very well, reputable place, you probably his, have a lot of cash. It was his grandma's house. Yeah. So it was, it was his grandma's house. Um, but the dad stored the car there. Because they were in between houses or something oh, like okay, that. Okay, okay. It, it wasn't like they're just so wealthy as like 10 Corvettes. Like that was like his prize and beauty. Right. Oh, okay. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, it's just a write-off. So like, what uh, happened you know, in the conversation when these guys are ripping bulls in the car? Like how did that? Well, that's the thing I never got clarity on. Did like, you ever like talk just, to this guy afterwards? I think like, I think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back where I'm like, this isn't a friendship I want to have anymore. Like this is, you are not good news kind of thing. You're pulling that shit off. Like, mm. yeah. And I guess there is, there is an element of you were 18 and or 19 or whatever, like young and dumb, but that's real dumb. Yeah. That's all. That's that, a few steps removed from, you know, if, if they never came back that night and then, you know, you got a call cause they woke up in Waterloo park. 
That's one yeah. thing. You know, they not said they walked there. You know, whatever. Like a little more conceivable, but you know, and the fact that they left, did they leave their shit like in your room too? Presumably, they would have had like bags or. That part I don't remember if they did or not. That's so bizarre. Yeah, I know. Just such a bad move. Um, but speaking of the opposite of bad moves, good moves. I, I get my good deed points of the day. Um, my there's this neighbor around the block here who I was chatting with, and I want your idea if this is a good move or a bad move because I might get fucked over today pretty bad. Uh oh. He's this old guy who lives in the corner. Um, we chat all the time just because I walk past with uh, Darla. And he was telling me all about how he can't get any like he can't get anywhere because he had a problem with his hip and his knee and his elbow, so he can't drive. His doesn't live with his wife anymore. I don't know if she's like passed away. He's like he's pretty old, probably like sixty or something like that. So he's like, I'm trying to get to the sixty. He's not that old, so but like you'll you'll understand why I think he's like kind of like old. approximately our parents' age. <laughs> yeah, I think he's older than that. Then probably like seventy. Um, anyway, he was telling me how he needs to get to like the clinic to go get like paperwork to say that he is able to get like a GRT pass for free so he can transport. But he's like, I'm kind of stuck right now, but I need to get this done before the winter. And I'm like, well, let me just drive you there. He's like, ah, it's like a huge pain in your ass kind of thing. Like, don't, don't worry about it. I'm like, dude, you can't get anywhere. Like, let me drive you somewhere. And he's like, ah, like, do you have a bike I can borrow? I'm like, yeah, but just let me drive you there. He's like, okay, how about this? Like. I'll come over on Sunday. I'll take your bike. And then like, that's fine with me. I'm like, yeah. so I'm planning. I was like, yeah, yeah, take, that's fine. I'll give you my lock and everything like that. I'm like, do you have a cell phone or anything? He's like, I got my landline. I'm like, all right. So I call him up or I'm like, here's my number land on the phone. And he's the kind of guy that has the landline in the pocket. You know, I call the landline. It rings. He has the cordless one. He's like, it's just in there. All right. It's pretty yeah, much like a like, cell phone, just restricted to one little area. So I might get burned on a bike today. We'll see, but I know where he lives. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's supposed to call in like five minutes. So we'll see if he actually calls or not. Um, that's a fair warning. Um, so just, just, just so you know. Anyway, so yeah, we'll see. What do you think? Good idea, bad idea? I feel like this is a good day of the week for me. Uh, yeah. May, so wait, but I'm confused as to he has mobility. He has so many mobility problems that he's trying to find a way to apply for a disability credit. But, but he, he wants, wants to borrow there. a bicycle. That's the part where I'm one a of famously, on. famously one of the more physically exerting full body exercises. Well, he says he walks a lot of places. Okay. So I don't really know. I'm more than happy just to like be like, can I just come pick you up in two hours? Oh, maybe that's it now. Someone <laughs> just rang the doorbell. <laughs> it could yeah, be. You want to get that? Oh wow, the mystery old man coming over on uh, coming over live on the know. pod. This is uh, should, I go, should I go check it out? This is really exciting. Well, I don't it really is, want I don't really want to have to vamp if it's not. You know, if if you're gonna leave, it, it better be him. Uh, I have no idea. Someone's ringing the move, doorbell. Good move or bad move? Uh, yeah, sure. I guess whichever it is, right? It is weird that somebody with mobility problems would want to borrow something that requires them to be mobile. Um, you know, because uh, now it involves you, you know, and you might yeah. get a call back another time. Hey, can I borrow your bike again? And then, hey, can I borrow your bike again? And then, hey, uh, now there's a problem with the bike. Uh, you know, I mean, it's sort of it's sort of like that. You know, you're lending your neighbor like your lawnmower 
And then one day you get your lawnmower back and there's a huge chunk taken out of the blade. And he's like, I don't know. I was just, I was just mowing my lawn. And then, then I gave it back, I I gave it back to you. There. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, not to, not to divert, um, you know, your care or anything like that. But there are many programs in many cities and towns all across the country that well, that's what he's trying to offer get to, mobility services for elderly and just like if you're disabled enough where you can't physically go from place to place. There are many taxi and shuttle services which do provide that. But I think uh, the thing is you need to provide evidence to say that you need it. Oh, okay. So he's trying to get that initial and that, that, evidence. That's what he's trying. Yeah, exactly. And that's why he's at this like crooks in the road. Here, right. I'm just gonna run up and check if it's because I don't think Shannon's awake. So give me uh, one he's, second. He, he's gonna check. Okay. <laughs> so he's outside. He said he would call me at one. He's outside. I said, "Can you can we like thirty minutes?" I thought I was just gonna call. He's like, "No, it's fine." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "I'll just sit here and wait." There's an old man waiting outside your house. Yeah, so that's why I, I should probably deal with this. Jesus Christ, Cam. Okay, you go deal with your goddamn. See, they, okay, you want to know what I would say? I wouldn't have gotten what? involved in some old man's fucking life because now you got to do a bunch of shit. Cam, go be a good neighbor. Uh, listeners, okay, the podcast. Give me five minutes. I'm just gonna give I mean, my, presumably just give my Cam bike. will apologize afterwards, but we'll have to see. So stick around. Welcome back to the podcast here, folks. Let's get into the week by reviewing last week because uh, we've got some notes to talk about. Notes. We've got some notes. We've got some notes. 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 We've got some notes. Yeah. Let's hear them. Ah, notes. First of all, we were talking about it last week about uh, bird messengers and the actual efficacy of it over time how does it actually work it's actually called pigeon post um and it's actually more reliable than you think it's okay. something that's been going on for 2000 years now at this point people would bring pigeons from like the pigeons' home to a new destination in cages then the pigeons are tied with messages and then when they're released pigeons are very good birds at returning home so it's less so of an ability to control where the pigeon goes more just knowing or th assuming where they are going to return to, right? So you have these kind of these aviaries at two separate places. The pigeons live at one, they're transported to the other, and then they just fly back home when they're released. Less to do with everybody knowing what's going on. It's been going around the world for over 2,000 years. It works better in some countries than others due to weather conditions, but uh, hey, you know, it's pigeons. It's not going to be a perfect science every time. Well, there we go. Thousands of years, and uh, I guess we figured out better ways. The facts is probably a big improvement on that. Oh, I bet the fa the facts was the biggest thing to uh, improvement, yeah, since the pigeon post. Uh, what's up next? Um, the Winter Olympics in 2022. Uh, you know, because of the the Olympic delay, it's happening way sooner than we think. So it's in Beijing in 2022. Uh, we're going back there after I think we were there in 2008. Uh, and they will run from February 4th, 2022 to the 20th of February, 2022. Uh, so we're only like six months away from, uh, or from more Olympics, which is going to be fantastic. So I was right that it was like coming up pretty soon. Yeah, you were right. Or I think I I thought it might have been like 
you know, December 2022, but it's actually in February, so it's actually way sooner than we think. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about golf pants, specifically when it comes to the PGA Tour. And yes, if you want to compete on the PGA Tour, you do, in fact, need to wear pants. In 2019, only two years ago, they amended a rule where players are now allowed to wear shorts in non-practice, or sorry, in practice and non-competitive rounds. However, up until two years ago, even on a practice round, you had to wear full pants. And they have a lot of rules about the shorts that you're allowed to wear. They have to be tailored, they can't be frayed, and they have to come to your knee. So it turns out that my hole in one ball, I looked at the picture of it, had pants on. We're all good. <laughs> okay. Oh, as long as, I mean, as long it's, as you had, it's legit. As long it's as you legit. had pants on, then yeah, you got a three or a two and you played a provisional. Uh, finally, we were talking about. Um, now, I got the uh, rule wrong in this one. I was thinking it was the Toronto Golf Club, where it is, in fact, actually the National Golf Club here in Woodbridge, which is one of the most prestigious golf clubs you can play in Canada. Often ranks number one on all the, you know, on the Canada ratings, however that kind of works. But I was right in the fact that the club does not allow women. It's that simple. Never has. They have no plans on changing. Women are allowed in the clubhouse, the reception areas, and they may be guests of members. However, women cannot actually be members themselves. The women are not, they're not allowed to wear shorts. They're allowed to wear a skirt that comes Sports. above. No, they, they're they're allowed to wear a uh, pants or a skirt that would come to about the same length as the shorts would. But the men are not allowed to wear shorts when they play. They would have to wear pants. How do we feel pants. about this? How do we feel about that? There, we're not allowed to wear skirts. I don't get it. Right, right. That's what we're feeling about it. Sometimes I, I just want to wear a skirt. But yeah, so it still does exist in, um, I mean, certainly, you know, in Canada. And like we had mentioned before, at Augusta, women aren't allowed to uh, uh, be members themselves. Uh, now, is there a women's LPGA that goes on at the Augusta? No, it doesn't. No, they don't play Augusta. Hmm. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Is there, I wonder what the tee boxes look like. Is there even women's tee boxes? At, um, at a place like that? Probably well. I mean, there probably maybe just be like two tea boxes, right? I mean, women. The right. the quote women's teas is just a name that men gave them because they're shorter, right? You could also call them junior teas because there's no way a twelve year old could smack it as far as a fully grown man, right? So you could also just call these closer sets of teas the junior teas, and then maybe call the ones further back the pro teas. I don't know. Call me crazy. You know, just even calling the women's tees in the first place is putting that kind of label on it. Yeah. Well, I don't like. Yeah, I don't like playing from the back back tees personally. The, I find what, that what, what I might call the yeah. pro tees, because if a professional yeah. were to approach that course, they would probably go as far back as possible. Right. Right. Yeah. See, I play with people that are like, I always go to the back and it's kind of ego. I'm like, why? We're not good enough. Like, our drives aren't that far. Yeah. No, yeah, there's a but, few places, I too, I bet, especially, too, where, you know, the closer tees, or, the, like, if there's a middle tee, it would, like, totally change your shot shape. Because you're like, oh, totally. from the middle yeah. tees, I can just go like this. I don't. But from the back yeah. tees, I need to be able to go, like, you know. I need to clear 200 yards of, like, carry to get over this pond. And then, 
you know, hope I get another 30 yards of roll. Or, so yeah, I like, I need it to be super straight because we got woods on either side or, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. But, uh, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, but, you know, people are going to keep playing golf. It's not like this is going to change golf. What, uh, attire? Yeah, uh, I, all of it. Just all, all of it. Oh, just everything just I've said. Just the entire part thing golf. to do with uh, misogyny in golf. Uh, literally, it's never going to change. I found an article from the Globe and Mail in 2012 where interviewers were like, so some other clubs are thinking about changing their stance on women. Why aren't you? And the National is like, no comment. We're prestige and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, really, guys? The only, the only women's tees that we have here are Earl Grey. That's a good one. Like, that, was, that, was a, that was funny. That was a good one. That was funny. Thanks. Thanks. You're I was welcome. thinking about that for a couple of weeks. You're welcome. But there you have it. There were some notes. So my uh, bike's gone. <laughs> yeah, because you fucking spent 25 minutes talking to an old man. I wasn't talking to him. I was looking for a bike lock. Because you, I, I've learned now, there was some miscommunication. He, I thought he was going today, and he's like, oh, I'm just here to pick up the bike. And I'm like, wait, so you don't need it today? He's like, no, I'd like, I need it in like September. I need some practice on it, though. I'm like, what? Like, Serves so you right, like, Cam. So you opened this discussion with... Did I just screw myself over? And what can the answer be? What do I, what do you think the answer is? I'm going to have to get myself out of a little bit of a pickle. Now you have no bike, no lock. I have I got multiple bikes. Now, here's the but, now here's the question. So whatever this he needs it in fucking sometime in September. There goes your bike, there goes your lock. Would it be worth it for you to just be like, "Oh, I can I'll pay for a taxi for you to get there?" Oh, he was telling me, he was like, he was really thankful. He's like, dude, they cost me so much to get a taxi to get around right now. He's like, exactly. He, he did. Yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. So he's not using this bike just to go get his disability thing. No, he's going to be he, going to the grocery store. He's going to be going to Shoppers Drug Mart. He's going to be going old. Like, he's going to be literally doing that's all of I, his shit with your shit now. That's what I'm worried about. I think that's, I have to that have a is what will be happening. That bike will so be that's what I'm on every single errand that he runs between now and when he chooses to tell you that he doesn't need it anymore. Look, I gotta have a conversation this week because um, I thought this was like a quick one-off. You thought he was taking like, it today to go tomorrow? Yeah, I thought he was like, well, I have my appointment at one thirty, so if I come now at 1, I'll go there. But he's like, perfect. Thanks. I'm like, what? So... I, I'll, oh boy. Well, we got some work to do. Yeah, you have some fucking work to do. Because, see, yeah, because he would have, because surely, yeah, one taxi payment to get downtown, yeah, even if it might be 20 bucks, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's not, you know, much. I'll pay for it, whatever. But judging by him and his, you know, why? also, why doesn't he just take the fucking bus? It's like two bucks fifty. It's the free pass he's trying to get is to take the mode of transportation, which is objectively less expensive than a taxi. Yeah, you got a point there. So I think this um, old man just finessed you out of stealing your bike and your bike lock. He doesn't have my bike lock yet. That's the part I'm worried about. Yeah, well, he's because gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna leave it outside of fucking Dollarama, and guess where you live, Kitchener. That shit's gonna be stolen in four days. I give it four days. Before you hear back from this guy that this well, thing is I did get, that this I did thing get is pretty worried because he was or damaged in some kind of way. Yeah. Um Yeah, you know what I'll have to tell him be like, this is not a permanent thing. 
Um, because I was, I was like, yeah, I can't find a lock. And I'm looking through everywhere in my house. That's why I'm rifling around, running in the background. And he's like, well, the only place I was going to leave was outside the medical center while I'm there. I'm like, yeah, don't. Like, don't leave it anywhere. He's like, if I left it by my place, it would definitely get stolen. I'm like, I don't. It's it's outside. It's locked up or it shouldn't be outside. I go four, anyway. four days until you hear back from this man about something bad that's happened to your bike. But Cam, you're being a good person. Why do I be a good person? This, You know what? This is the second time. Well, nothing bad's happened yet. Let's get that straight. That's a good point. Last nothing time I tried to do yet. something really nice is I was at the Laurier parking lot and um, I was coming. You remember how there's that like little downwards hill to go down to the gym? Yes, sir. This is a very ref like particular reference. Old but anyway. slobs. Old slobs. Oh. No. Old slobs. No. Anyway. And. Uh, um, it was a Sunday, and you don't have to pay for parking on Sunday, but the machine will take money for it because there's no attendance on Sunday. Right. So, like, I guess it says you have to pay for it, but no one will ever ticket you for it. So, anyway, I go down that little ramp thing, and I see someone, like, going to the machine to pay. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know what? I'll just let this guy know. So, I put the car in reverse, come back up the hill a little bit. As I'm going backwards up this hill, other car comes, boom, hits me. I'm like, Fuck. Technically, he rear-ended me, but I also shouldn't go go backwards up a road. Um, and I'm like, fucking serves me right for trying to do something good. Anyway, yeah. So no oh, that, nice oh, that was the end guy. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you drive back up? Why didn't you just park your car, kind of get out and be like, hey, actually, I don't think you need to buy it. Uh, because, like, it was like a quick thing where he's, like, walking with the credit card, right? Right, and, yeah. You know? It's like, if I go and park, it's like, oh, hey, he's like, I've already paid, you know? Yeah, um, you're a, well, you're a nice guy, right? If you saw somebody <sighs> parking in a zone where you know that you're not allowed to park in, would you flag them down and be like, oh, like, you know, let's say like along a road where it's like no parking between 4 and 6 p.m. And then somebody parks their car there at 530. Are you going to stop them and be like, hey, you're not allowed to park here? See, I think that's on the person. Okay. Because I think there's signs everywhere. I think there's a difference between right. like... A little bit of insider knowledge to be like, oh, just so you know, like, don't worry about that. Like, but then, Cam, you know, if you po- see some possibly knowing your luck, that would have been the one Sunday that the Laurier parking uh, people oh, like yeah. changed their, their policy, car. you know, yeah. and then, yeah, toes it. It's like a six hundred dollar uh, parking violation. Oh, there was one time in university where I parked behind the one of the buildings when there I'd parked there so many times. and It was a Sunday and I knew that they didn't do like tickets on Sundays. Uh, just like Chick-fil-A. Uh, anyway, I get a call, and I'm, it's like, hey, is this Cameron LeClaire? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it's the um, like special constable service. You need to move your car immediately. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, like, I'm like, why? They're like, it's a 24-hour no-park zone there. So I guess special constable can still ticket it. Oh, okay. If it's like a 24-hour no-park zone. Wait, I'm wait, like, wait. I, I'm trying to understand this right here. A parking lot... With a 24-hour no-parking rule. Because it was a... I think it was like a reserve spot for professors or some shit. Uh, oh, like, okay, it, okay. So for yeah. guess, I was, I was wondering how uh, how that worked. Yeah, so anyway. Um, then I... that The problem with that, though, is... Then I realized, fuck, now special constable has put a ticket on my car and now associated my license plate with me. Yeah. So all the tickets that I gotten previously 
Now came back to old Cammy Boy. Oh, shit. So how many was that? Oh, it was like 300 bucks in tickets. <laughs> because I used to get so many and be like, I will never pay these. You don't know whose car this is. This is a private company that's saying, like, don't park here. It's like, yeah, I, w- I won't park here anymore. I promise. Because they had no idea who it was. But once I parked really illegally, that's when they were like, you know. it. And the funny thing is, I was going to go try to go to the parking attendant that was in one of those buildings and try and make a case for, hey, um, I don't think I should get, like, I was just going to try and, like, finagle my way out of it. Be like, you can't prove that I was also the guy who, you know, because I bought this. Yeah. Anyway, um, I walked in there, and this lady, uh, as I'm waiting there, is on the phone with someone who's just, like, yelling at them. And she's, like, just, I can see she's having the worst day ever, and she's getting, like, screamed at and shit. And then she hangs up. She's like, what can I help you with? And I'm like, I don't feel like today's the day to make a big dumb case and be like, these poker tickets are bullshit and I don't think I deserve one of them. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> so what'd you that? say? Was, you just I was like, around? here's my visa. Yeah. Oh, like, you just paid visa. it. Oh, so you yeah, I just paid my <laughs> fine. <laughs> like, hi, I want to pay it and give you a $25 tip, please, for allowing me to pay it. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous, man. Nah, what a story. Um, what a story, Cam. Well, I hope in the weeks that I hope by next week's episode, maybe we can get an old man update uh, in a you know flashy fuck, news bulletin style. I gotta, I gotta style. deal with that quickly. You're yeah. gonna have to deal I with not. Well, I just can't let him like. And Cam, I know go you. You're gonna lose sleep over this, so maybe we can get an update on it next week. Let's uh, let's do something else on the show, though. How about that? Okay. How I got I got an, I got to do it new a different game, but we're not gonna have it this week. Uh, new, ooh, new it game. It sounds like you do as well. Yeah, I've got a game. Uh, we'll save. Uh, maybe we'll save yours for next week, though, Cam. How about that? How's that? Okay, sound? we'll talk about. We'll, we'll talk about, about it. it we'll talk about it a bit off air, so we're prepped okay. and everyone's uh, ready to go. Uh, but this week, I just thought we should um, kick out another uh, edition of March Madness. March Great. Madness, which another August March Madness, which comes by. <laughs> It combines the uh, the thoughtful wor- game, a thoughtful uh, game. And, uh, plus the intricate system of bracketeering. So here we're going to go, Cam. Um, because if the, the thing now in 2020 and 2021 are the celebrity boxing matches. These are all oh. over the air. We have YouTubers and TikTokers. We have online personalities taking on UFC fighters. Uh, there was even a boxing match a, a month ago between Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom. How'd that go? Uh, how do you think? Uh, so, I don't know. Oh, Lamar Odom kicked the shit. This, this kid's like five foot seven and Caucasian. Oh, okay. Like, obviously, you're going to lose to a former professional basketball player. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, in, in the spirit of that, Cam, uh, you, with your, uh, your, your knowledge of fighting styles and all these sorts of things, or like, you know, who would win, uh, we're going to do a March Madness of hypothetical celebrity boxing matches. How does that sound? Okay, I love it. I think um, this is called a grand. They call this in fighting actually a grand prix. A grand prix. Yeah. A re- so a re- Bellator doesn't quite often. Um, and uh, so we're uh, we have um this week we're gonna do the male edition. Uh, I have one lined up for uh, women's boxing, and we'll save that for a couple more weeks. But uh, we're gonna kick off this week's celebrity boxing match action with um our prime minister Justin Trudeau taking on heartthrob Brad Pitt. Okay, so here's, if you know, 
uh, Joe Rogan here with the broadcast. I think what we're going to look into for uh, experience here is is a wealth of experience with foreign fighting, but also with amateur boxing, as we've seen in the commercials from the conservatives from the 2011 election. <laughs> now, <laughs> on the other side, we have Brad Pitt, which we know as a Hollywood figure, but also has experience such as the fight scenes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Never Forget Fight Club. For those reasons there, we have to go with the one with at least two sets of experience. Maybe not with the amateur boxing career, but at least has Fight Club. Where did he exist? We'll never know. Fight Club it is. Sorry, Brad Pitt it is. <laughs> Fight Club. Brad Pitt getting the big win in that uh, first round. God, he's on the other side of 50, too, so it's going to be great. Uh, next up um, in our second round, we have uh, Jay-Z. Taking on Sean Evans, the host of Hot Ones, with the show with hotter questions and even hotter wings. I think it's the other way around. It's Hot Wings and even hotter questions. Nah, it was close. They yeah. all—they've got they, they went downhill like four and a half years ago. So uh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah I haven't really. Watched ever since the pandemic hit, and then they tried to like do it all virtually. No, ever. I think they made the sauces n not as hot. I mean, it felt like more people could the, come the on. first three years, it was like every month someone had to tap out. I feel yeah. like no one's tapped out of a wing in years. And, you know, anyways, that's not the point. Jay-Z versus Sean Evans. What's happening here? All right. So, uh, Sean Evans, uh, typical lengthy uh, style boxer. You know, we could probably see some of that Philly shell coming in there. But Jay-Z, absolute brawler. He's going to put you in the corner and beat you down. He's got some of that Brooklyn strength. That Brooklyn strength. But you know what? He's aging like fruit right now. Doesn't look good for, what, 47, 52? How old is he? I don't know. It looks like he's in his 80s. Sean's got the pep in his step, and I think he's going to take him in six rounds. <laughs> Take him in six rounds. Sean Evans. Um, moving on. Wow. Sean Evans. Uh, okay. Our next matchup that we have here on the card. We have uh, Justin Timberlake taking on The Weeknd. I don't even know what The Weeknd looks like. No, you never seen? Do you have dreads? No, he used to have weird hair. Let me look, let me look up a picture of him. Cam, and honestly, know. you know how much I struggled to find eight people who I thought you would know what they looked like right away? It was so hard. It was so incredibly hard. Oh, he was the guy that did the um, uh, yeah. Super Bowl. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I couldn't do that. I could do pictures. Uh, go on. There's a bunch of pictures online of him bloodied up, but I think that was for a stunt to show something about facial surgery or something like that. Um, he seems like a pretty boy to me. Um, and then our other competitor was Justin Timberlake. So like he is also a super big pretty boy, but I feel like he's, he, he goes to like a cardio kickboxing class, like once a quarter with, um, Jennifer Aniston just for fun, just because they get juice after some shit, <laughs> just LA shit. Um, for that reason, I think I'll take Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. And I know he can take a punch because in the movie... Oh, I don't remember. There's a movie where he got punched in the face and he just popped back. The up. Social Network. Um, uh, probably not, but I think it was maybe. the Social Network. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Good shit on the kid. I'm taking Justin Timberlake by decision. Fan, by de okay, by decision. Also very important yeah. that you uh, kind of get these up. Next up in our final first round matchup, we have Post Malone and Adam Levine. 
Why would you think I know what Post Malone looks? Oh, I do. He has the uh, barbed wire across his forehead. Well, it doesn't matter right? what you know what they look like. I just need like it was. I needed to think of eight people whose when I said their name, you could just kind of visualize, and I that, think that was very visualize difficult. means know what they look like. Yeah, that was very difficult to find. And then the other one is Adam Levine. Yeah, he was the lead singer of. See, God damn it, Cam! This was this this was honestly one of the hardest March <laughs> Madness I've had to make because it presumed because it presumed me thinking that you know something. Yeah. Maroon Five was I right on that? You one? were right about that one. Super Bowl three years ago, if that helps. Uh, what songs he sing? All the Maroon 5 songs, Cam. This oh, really loses one. momentum on you because it, I'm giving the segment to you. So the more blanks that we have, the flatter but the this thing starts is, to get. Yeah, but if, like, if I was to tell you, like, who do you think will win a friend? My friend John or my friend Jeff? Yeah, Adam like, Levine is neither of our friends. Uh, right, so but, just give me an answer. I mean, me if you answer. don't even know what they look like or what they do. You know, you're never going to have well, a Well, and answer. that's what was so difficult about literally right. finding... I All I needed was eight famous people that you would recognize and that was extremely challenging for me and you had to go to the prime minister <laughs> and i literally had to go to the leader of the fucking country because i don't want to pick old people or athletes because old people would lose athletes would win so i have to find eight actors or musicians who you could visualize this was incredibly difficult <sighs> all right well um we got adam levine skinny guy but i think he's done a men's health cover so that's uh definitely on the perks so i probably had some advice from some of the writers though even though that's just male smut in my opinion versus uh the guy with the barbed wire on his head i feel like he wouldn't be great in a street fight based on his joe rogan appearance because he seems like he gets a little bit too fucked up on bud lights and mushrooms uh for that reason i'm going to take adam levine adam levine with a second round uh uh, technical knockout. Second round TKO. Thanks. Okay, well, we're moving on to the second round here. God, it's like pulling teeth with you sometimes, Cam. Uh, Brad Pitt taking on Sean Evans. Oh, it's the second round. Brad Pitt, oh, Sean Evans. I was thinking, I'm like, I know those names already. Um, Brad Pitt, Sean Evans. I think Sean Evans is going to come in there and be scrappy, have a good chin on him. But I don't think he's going to take the barrage that uh, old Fight Club uh, has with him. And I, I'm assuming that it's Brad pit of that era where there's that classic shot of him on the side looking sideways all jacked with abs and shit like that you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah i know the one you're talking about yeah <laughs> so that's that's the fighter i'm expecting in the ring um and he's just gonna wallop him in three uh three rounds uh and he's and sean evans isn't gonna get off the stool wow okay there you have it not getting off school next matchup we have adam levine taking on justin timberlake yeah, this one's just going to be a battle of, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of dancing around the ring. We're going to see a little uh, foot slides in there. Uh, a lot of jab, a lot of pretty work, but, uh, you know, we're not going to see any big blows. We're going to try and see a technical matchup, but really no one's even going to be close. We're going to see 152 punches thrown, but about 16 landed on each side. So uh, not much because both are trying to keep those faces intact and both know those have contracts. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to go Justin Timberlake in a decision. Uh, but a split decision, that is. Wow. Nothing's more boring than a split decision. That's I disagree with that entirely. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, think about it. That means it's so... Com like, half the time, it means it's so competitive that the refs were like, I don't even know who won. Or the judges were like... Oh, that see, I thought the appeal would be watching the knockout. I thought that was like the... The knockout is like the Grand Slam moment. I would say a knockout's really fun 
but also a five round, like in at least MMA so, or Box Demon. I like, for example, um, the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, there was no knockout. Yeah. 12 rounds, but it was like, holy smokes, what a fight. Went both ways. But like, for example, that's really fun. Also really fun when Conor McGregor walks out and knocks out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. Okay, so a little you know, bit of both, right? They both have merit. Okay, yeah, they both see, have I great thought, merit. They're just the, different. I thought the judge's decision was the equivalent of like of like a no-hitter that goes in like for both teams that go into the 14th inning and then you know one team finally gets you know like a pitching battle that goes on for hours. I thought that was the no, uh cuz you're it like can be. I mean, cuz you're like, "Wow, look how close these guys are." But anyways, that's just me. Yeah, but it can be. I mean, like you can have the situation where it's like uh, a guy wrestles a guy for 15 minutes and you're like clearly you won but you know you didn't you didn't do anything fun yeah. you just laid on him no nope, knock, anyway. knockouts and dingers that's all that matters here uh baby we're going to our last final round matchup uh we have brad pitt taking on justin timberlake in the celebrity <laughs> fight march madness so justin timberlake coming in i think the most competitive one i've thought so far was the justin trudeau versus brad pitt um, for this one, I, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of hype to it. I think that you're going to have a lot of weird people in people's corner. Angelina Jolie with Brad Pitt. And then on uh, Justin Timberlake's side, you're going to have Jay-Z there for some reason, but also Mick Jagger, right? Uh, they're going to be the towel boys. Uh, they're going to go in there. There's going to be a lot of hype. There's going to be a lot of money behind it. A lot of shit talking in between them. But Justin Timberlake's going to walk in there. And you know what? We, we've been noticing this a lot of the fights. He throws his jab hand out, but when he does that, his right hand drops just a little bit below his chin. I'm going to go ahead and predict. We're, Brad Pitt's going to expose a slip under the jab, come across with a big left hook, take that clean down, end him off with an uppercut. Bingo, bango, bongo. Third round TKO. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt with the big win in celebrity boxing. No surprise. Leading Hollywood man uh, takes home the crown, and I'm sure the uh, $150 million purse. You think that's it? That's that's it? Maybe. Huh? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, actually, for these things. they don't. I don't believe any purse disclosed from these events because why wouldn't you lie? Yeah. Why wouldn't you lie slash why would you tell the truth? <laughs> yeah, why would you tell the truth? Like, you'd just be like, I mean, true. Like, you have a number that's really high, but, like, just believable enough, you know? Yeah. Make it too much. A billion? No one would believe yeah. a billion. They paid me $10 billion to fight. It was, I swear. But if you're like, they paid me $25 million, you'd be like, that's, that's a big one. Like, that one's, like, really questioning it. Yeah. I get you. I get you. Well, that's it. That was our March Madness. I'm crumbling oh, it up. To, oh, wow. All on paper to boot. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're all paper here at Two Season a Pod. The uh, the servers are down. Uh, are they? We're all, we're all paper here these days. Yeah. No, the the only, bikes you know? are stolen. The servers are down. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Could not tell you. Oh, man. Ugh, just pissed off at myself. Mm-hmm. Whatever. All right. Well, uh, good to know that the weekend's never going to win a fight in his life. Probably not. Probably not. No. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but I think Tito Ortiz and Anderson Silva are getting in a fight. Did you hear about this? Did you see this? You hear about this? No. Is this another one of those celebrity boxing things? I, uh, yeah, like, but they're like MMA crossover fights, really. Right, right. Oh, but no, but it's but it's boxing now. Because I don't think anybody out of all these celebrity fights, all of them are boxing. None of them are. 
yeah, you know, jujitsu or, uh, you know, MMA style shit. It's all boxing. Producers love me. Producers are like Cam. I love that people will come over for, to steal your bike in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Producers love it. They're like, we need something that's out of the blue. Thank God you're the face of the muscle. We're not sure yet. We're still waiting for those contracts to settle up. Hey, did you hear that the Jeopardy host decided to quit after like one show? I heard they, uh, yeah, we were talking about this the other day. I heard they recorded, no, they recorded like a week's worth of episodes that just never got released. Uh, and then they replaced, oh, and then sad. they, and then they replaced them. So who knows? I don't care about Jeopardy though. Um, I know, I, know, it's I, just I like, understand there's a huge fan base who apparently they all want Ken Jennings, that guy who's like the only Jeopardy name I know. Um, but I don't give a shit. It's the thing I put on. So I'll put on Jeopardy. Let's say you're eating dinner or something, right? Put on Jeopardy. You want to learn a little mm -hmm. bit. What do you do? You fast forward through all the topic introductions. You fast forward through all the fucking like get to know you in the middle segment and just go straight to the questions and answers. Like, I don't care about Jeopardy. I care about learning a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I've. I don't find it an interesting enough show to like put it on. I watch. I know some people that watch it as like the almost mindless but mindful show in a way. Yeah, but I don't care about, you know, the uh, a teacher from Little Rock, Arkansas's backstory. Like, I don't really oh, give a shit about that? that. Yeah, there's a whole middle segment where they talk to each competitor for three, four minutes thing or whatever. Damn. Yeah. That's sad. That's like watching Catfish if you watch it after the fact. They have weight. Like, they could make that show... They could probably do two people an episode, honestly. Oh, Especially with those virtual ones. They could do it so Oh, virtual quickly. catfish is just trash. Let's get that out. Let's get that out of the way right now. Yeah, but we all love it. We all show up for it. I don't know. Oh, no. I'd rather watch. I'd rather. Honestly, it's Max. I just miss Max. Uh, really? He's been <laughs> off the show for so long. Exactly. And that was the last time it was good. Uh, really? Yeah, that is 100%. You don't like the new... Um, Cammy? Is it Cammy? Yeah. No. As a Cam yourself, you don't like Cammy? Not that I don't like her. It's just that I felt like Max was like a... It's it's too much now hosted by Neve and Cammy. Where before it was Neve and then Max is the one in the background that he... Well, he'll give the... Wait, are you actually serious? Like, you know, he like the odd remark. And whenever he talked, you're like, yeah, this must mean something. Um, but I've been watching Catfish since day one. Since two thousand and nine, uh, no, probably not. But uh, you know, I've been watching Catfish for a long time, many years. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is a uh, staple in reality. It's 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 almost the new Jerry Springer. because uh, it's trashy and pre-written a little bit. Trashy, pre-written, but also you expose bad people. <laughs> Slash expose. Well, no, well, on Springer, it's all fake. Is it? Yes, it's all fake. No. Yes. Mm. Uh, you sure about that? I'm fairly certain about that. I think you might be thinking about Maury. Maury had, probably has a level of legitimacy to it. But uh, Because well, there was a few Jerry Springer-esques. Was there not? What do you mean? Like, there. I guess Maury was the other one that was like, you bring on a show and it's like, this person likes to eat styrofoam and their husband's is putting their foot down. 
Yeah, more, <laughs> like, more, Morty does stuff like that. Springer is pretty much now just exclusively like, I cheated on my on my wife with her sister. It's pretty much just that. And then because you, you get to see the confrontation in the fight where Maury more focuses on the lie detector tests and paternity tests. So people are oh. sitting down and it is a like kind of controlled environment where they do need to figure out this uh, valuable information where Springer is pretty much just conflict to lead to aggression. Interesting. And then back. Hmm. Yeah, well, you can't. You, you didn't read my essay about about Springer. You wrote an essay. Oh, it was it was it was it was published, I believe. You know when if you uh, when you hear, remember you had to when sources had to be peer reviewed. My my I think they still do. My Springer I think essay that's still a thing. My Springer essay was so strong it actually met the criteria of being a peer reviewed source. For what? What do you mean for what? Who is referencing the paper about Jerry Springer? Other people taking uh, Springer 101, which is uh, the course, which, by the way, is the course that I did try to uh, really champion in uh, to uh, post-secondary um, you know, I universities. I think, that's a, I think that's a minor at Western now. It is. It is. I, uh, you can major in engineering and minor in Springer, yeah. uh, which uh, we're on television, though. When are we going to be on television? When are we going to be on television? Yeah, Television's you know. dead. YouTube's the new television. But, I mean, I guess you still watch it on TV. Like, it's just, like, you know, not cable. Yeah. You're still watching yeah. it on your television. You're just not watching cable television. Uh... Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a way to look at it, yeah. I don't know. I feel like when people mention, te- like, I saw it on TV. Yeah, it's fair. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Everything's shifting. Speaking of TV, Cam, uh, I think that leads us to a time when TV was prevalent uh, and shows like Knight Rider, The A-Team, and a new favorite of ours, MacGyver, was on air. And Cam, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you introduce the show. The, the new weekly segment we have, I, I, I'm laying it up for you, bud. Take the dunk. Welcome, everybody, to a fiver of MacGyver. Okay, so there are actually no lyrics for this theme song because Randy Edelman apparently didn't want to compose any in 1985. However, I do have to tell you, this is a fiver MacGyver, so let's get into it. What do you think? Love it. We Love had a few it. different ideas. Or let us know. Two scenes of pod at gmail.com. What do you think? We don't fucking care. That's what we've called it. That is right. We got through Knight Rider season one and uh, we had to move on. We had to move on to something new. So let's move on. You know, we thought to ourselves, what other male driven week to week episodic television show can we I'm, can we use? And I'm really hoping it's a new woman every week, too. I feel like it will be, certainly. Well, I mean, only time will find out. We have chosen to dive into season one of MacGyver. Of course, MacGyver, a show that ran for seven seasons, believe it or not, starting in 1985 and moving all the way to 92. So this season one of this show would have premiered about two and a half to three years after 
our season premiere of or our series premiere of Knight Rider. Um, of course, uh, MacGyver, who stars uh, man and Richard Dean Anderson as uh, uh, MacGyver, who's a secret agent who prefers to uh, not use a firearm uh, and seems as though he wants to uh, solve problems uh, the old-fashioned way, which is using your noodle and any little thing you can find. <laughs> Lying around the house. Uh, and, you know, so this is our pilot episode, right? So we kind of need to be introduced to the character, introduced to his themes, things like that. Uh, Knight Rider was the same way. You know, that first episode of Knight Rider gave us kind of like the idea of who he is. And then we'll figure out, uh, you know, sort of what else is going on. But the rules are going to be the same. We only have five minutes on the clock and we have to recap each week's episode uh, in five minutes or less. Does that sound good? Let's rock and roll, buddy. So, Let's hope we teed this up well. I'm pretty sure we did. I gave I gave you a pretty damn good like commercial. This is where the commercial but break the thing, is. The, the commercial, yeah. The com I'm just hoping um, we probably saw it on the similar stream, but like commercial break is when it like pauses and then goes to like a weird screen, then it comes back. Oh up. yeah, so like it hope. fades to black and then yeah. opens up again. Yeah, All right, the fade to black is then. often. So I'm gonna take the first half of this week's MacGyver in Fiverr. Uh, we got five minutes on the clock, five, four, three, two, and we open somewhere in Central Asia where a man is rock climbing up to a mountain uh, where we see a crashed plane surrounded by some armed guards. We see a handsome blonde man take out a guard and do the old switcheroo his clothes, assuming his identity. He sneaks to the plane and takes a large flare gun with him. Uh, and this is just when he sees the pilot of the plane who's being held captive. Uh, but the pilot does tell us that there is a missile from the plane that is hidden somewhere on that mountain in a tent. Uh, we get, we sneak into the tent where we see the missile. We open up the hatch and we're able to jam the controls with something as simple as a paper clip, uh, disarming the missile, presumably. Uh, our blonde, handsome man creates a distraction for him and the pilot to run away. They kind of get cornered in a little bit and he takes a rocket. He makes a rocket out of his flare gun. The two of them clinch onto each other, shoot off and parachute off to safety. And we hit the credits, baby. I love my some opening credits where it turns out that our mystery blonde savior man is actually the titular MacGyver. More on him later uh, because we cut to, we open up on a military base lab thing where we meet a woman named Barbara who is the assistant for uh, the top researcher at the facility, however this works, and she meets a man named, greets a man named Sydney, and brings Sydney into uh, the office of the boss, who uh, they seem to know each other uh, over years, and they've been playing this ongoing game of chess, but before anybody can move their rook to pawn five, uh, a bomb goes off under the table, explosions everywhere throughout the room, throughout the rest of the lab, holy shit, back to MacGyver, who arrives on the scene, and he's being debriefed on what happened, and apparently he's the only one fit for this rescue mission. The explosion was bad, but the bigger problem is that there's a tank of sulfuric acid that was ruptured, and we don't have much time to stop the leak before it gets into the local water supply. So since the elevators are all down, MacGyver begins to crawl into the elevator shaft so we can make our way down many, many feet so we can help the survivors. We then run into some security lasers, but MacGyver actually takes a pack of darts and smokes them out so we can see the lasers moving around for security. Um, just then, he breaks his binoculars so we can use the mirror within the binoculars to reflect the angle of the laser so it actually explodes itself disarming the lasers he jumps down the shaft and cam we move on we walk sorry mac walks through the smoky rubble and soon hears a tapping sound coming from the direction of the lab where he's trying to find those survivors 
uh, putting two and two together because nothing taps like that. He believes there's life on the other side of the rubble that he cannot yet get to. So how is he going to get to this uh, area? He finds a fire hose uh, to go underneath the blockage, laces it up, ties it down, and seals off one end to turn on the fire hose and get just enough clearance to find a breakthrough through the wall to access a whole bunch of survivors, but that's not the last one. There's more survivors in the lower lab. Barb, one of the survivors, uh, shows, sorry, Barb uh, shows M how to get down to the lower, no, yeah, it was Barb. Barb shows Mac how to get down to the lower lab, and suddenly all the airlocks in the facility close, and Mac and Barbara hardly escape, but now are able to see the survivors in the lab. The lab's been quickly filling with deadly gas. Mac has to now get all the pumps started uh, with the pumps manually and manages to hack the motherboard crossing some wires. Suddenly headquarters realize there's a missile pointed directly at them but Mac lost his two-way radio and cannot talk. Mac and Barbara try to solve the acid leak in the lab and use some chocolate bars which they found earlier to melt in between the cracks to seal the leak. Uh, what a use there. After sealing the wall, Mac and Barb now have to escape the block doors needing an extra explosion to burst through the wall. Being in the metallurgy lab, Mac grabs the metals from the lab, makes an explosive concoction, and blasts through the wall to grab the final survivors. Once he gets there, Carl, one of the survivors, explains his villainous plan to destroy the ozone layer. Carl shoots the gun, Barb takes the bullet, and Mac disarms everybody. Mac goes in the control room. Oh, we got a little more time than I thought. Mac goes in the control room and uses the lights to communicate to HQ that he is okay using Morris code and to abort the launch of the mission. Once HQ knows that uh, they're all safe, they somehow abort the missile launch. Mac kisses Barbara, everyone is saved, and uh, it's a happy ending. With 30 seconds spare, great, we can talk about it. I loved this. This was, was so, so many, much so many fun. There were so many things. Cam, I'd love maybe uh, in weeks future we can kind of each whatever our favorite little thing was right our, the, i i can't i don't i can't imagine there's gonna be that many in the future like there has just... to be seven an episode like there was today the fucking hose to expand the thing um loved all those things and also i love they had mentioned this i forgot to mention that um macgyver does work for they called it the phoenix foundation which is a fictional foundation which is really funny because knight rider did watch foundation up oh! time I did think that, yeah. I did think that was funny. We're moving from one foundation to the other. Uh, you can yeah, really, what? you could really, I feel like I could really see where the television, where the production has increased over the last three years within television. Oh, really? Uh, I could see that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, How um, so? uh, budget, simply. I mean, that opening shot was a helicopter shot over top of a mountain. Like, they would have had to get everything up to that mountain. Yeah. And then film it. Like, I could see sort of, like, where that, where those productions... And it was a closed set, you know, being a pilot episode. But, I, yeah, man, I got high hopes for the second episode and the rest of the season. See, I'm curious... Yeah, I'm curious if that was, like, wow, we have to tune in for more. Or if there's going to be just, like, well, every, you know, no, well, every, high budget every, for life. No, every week we saw Kit do something new, right? Or, like, a new piece of tech was given to him. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, kind like, of... There were so many just, like, driving scenes in Knight Rider where they just... They just drive for Where, like yeah, five this, minutes. There, I mean, I bet. I wonder. Maybe next week I'll bring up my stopwatch and count the total time that it's MacGyver with a little bit of background music, just like doing the thing that he can solve. You oh, know, just like engineering and <laughs> engineering sense. the process. Yeah, because there's always like this little like theme come up behind him. You know, to kind of keep it going. Uh, yeah, this was great. Loved it. Loved every second of loved it. Loved it. Yeah, glad. Yeah, this one's fun. That's uh. 
keep plowing ahead here, though. Um, I don't know how long we've been doing this for anymore because uh, I obviously had a, uh, a bike stolen for me. Uh, <laughs> so that that could have been five minutes. That could have been 40. And uh, someone, I just, dude, I felt so bad. He's like, I will sit out here and wait for you to finish. I'm like, <sighs> that's I was, why I told you to go because I'm like I don't want to I don't want to be pressured by this old man to cut my podcast short but Cam I yeah. do know what you're saying uh, we are getting towards the end of the show uh, so we should do our uh, kind of last game thing for the uh, week and of course it is a game called Headliner Asinine hey 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 Headline or asinine. Yeah, headline or asinine, um, where we find the kookiest, craziest, and uh, most wacky headlines out there and pitch them to each other to see if they're real or fake. Cam, uh, I'm going to kick this down here. Uh, Michael Richards steps down as Jeopardy host. Uh, wrong headline. Uh, already, <laughs> already dug into that one. All right, cameras. Here we go. Uh, Zambian pastor is dead after being buried alive. <laughs> Oh man, a pastor. See, no, no but, but that's the thing, right? Being buried alive is like one of the scarier possible things, right? You and you hear about, you know, whether it happened or like I remember a scary story, like kind of one of those Halloween scary stories that someone would tell around a campfire or something was a story, you know. And I, I remember like the kind of the punchline of it was they opened the casket. Uh, to exhume the body for whatever reason, and there were claw marks on the inside of the casket, right? You know, like that kind of idea. Um, isn't that why they used to hang a little bell, right? That that old trick, they used to hang a little bell uh, on a string that would go down into the casket with the bell up above ground. That yeah, way, how, how how many times does that happen before you? Do I know, that? Well, I know. How, yeah, how like many bells? Once, or is it like forty? Because you would think that would happen once. You're like, shit, guys, we got to solve this. Okay, let's do a bell. And then the more times the bells are ringing, it's like, why the fuck are we burying all these people live in the first place? Like, yeah, what's may- happening? Yeah, maybe maybe you should figure out the first problem. Like, not the what's second the one. amount of time? And I'm not a Scientologist. I don't know. What's the amount of time between, like, you're dead? Because I can understand, let's say you're dead and then, you know, you <gasps> come to or whatever. But, like, presumably between death and burial, that's, like, days. Right? And if you're not breathing for days... There's no way you can wake up, or maybe you can. Um, but in a country, you said Zambia. I mean, they, maybe they kind of fast-tracked this shit. He was a pastor, uh, you know, man of God. I can certainly maybe understand where these things would have happened. Uh, I'm going to say it's a headline. This is a headline, a very short headline. Uh, well, sorry, very short article. Like, I think it's probably two, under 100 words, so there's really not much detail And on you got it, it on BuzzFeed. Uh, no, it's on CameroonOnline.org. Jesus. Um so a pastor named James Sakala from Zam- Zambia was buried alive by his church members as he promised them that he will resurrect in three days just like Jesus Christ. The past I can read this whole article. The pastor who commands a huge congregation, uh, chest thumped that he has supernatural powers to keep him alive for three days, convinced by his courage, a congregation dug, grove, dug a grove, grave and buried him. After three days, the church members went digging in the grave to find him dead. The pastor was dry... Wow, the pastor is dry like old sugarcane. He is the owner of Zakala Zion Church in Zambia. May his soul rest in peace. Full article. Wow, you just did. You just did. Thanks, Cameroon dot com. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love it. I don't need like if this was uh, Fox News, they would have so much more so they could put more ad space in there. But they're just <laughs> like guy dies because he thought he had supernatural powers. If this was Fox News, they'd be like, 
This isn't the first time someone thought they had supernatural powers, referring to Jesus, and then just like go on and on and on. Yeah, that's funny. <clears throat> that's a good one, Cam. Uh, I got a headline here for you. Sure. <clears throat> uh, headline Rast 9. Man suing body donation company after his mother's corpse was used for bomb testing. Ooh, I've heard about this. Um, not the article itself, but I've heard that there's a pretty good chance that if you donate your body to science, uh, science includes the military. And there's a decent proportion of bodies that just like go into aircrafts and stuff like that. And they'll be like, let's see what happens when we put a missile to this aircraft, how the body does. And you're like, how do you think it's going to do? It's like, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, I think you'd be pretty upset when you're like, I wonder how Aunt Susie, you know, w what cancer they cured with her. And they're like, oh, no, they tried uh, the new line of AKs on her. And whoa, they're, they're damaging. I'll tell you, those uh, those Taliban are in for something. Um, so this doesn't even surprise me at all. Uh, I think it's just like, you know, you don't want to know how the cake is baked. Headline. <laughs> Cam, this is a headline. Wow, surprised you've heard about it. I've never heard anything about this ever. But this story is coming out of Arizona, where a man named Jim Stouffer was under the impression that his mother's body would be used for medical research. But instead, like you said, it was used to test bomb impact. About five years ago, Stouffer's mom named Doris passed away after suffering from Alzheimer's, and her body was donated to the Biological Resource Center, the BRC, hoping that it could be used for Alzheimer's research. Cut to a few years later, where an independent study found uh, that more than 20 bodies were donated to this particular organization uh, were actually used in U.S. Army blast experiments without the consent of the families and in some cases done against the family's like, objections. Uh, including Stouffer, there are now uh, 32 people who have joined in suing the BRC um, for blowing up their parents pretty much uh the brc sold the bodies to the army from for five thousand eight hundred ninety three dollars each the company How is they come up with that valuation i know so weird eh? the company is no longer in business but over the course of their operation they sold more than twenty thousand body parts from over five thousand human bodies um this is uh this is part in because very few states have rules governing the dismemberment of bodies donated for research. Nobody has rules about this. Now Stouffer is one of many suing the BRC and its former owner Stephen Gore who pleaded guilty uh to one count of illegally controlling of an enterprise and he is currently serving a year in jail along with 4 years of probation. The FBI investigated this case when they raided the facility uh where the bodies were kept where they found buckets of body parts and different body parts even sewn together, which one FBI agent even did testify in court when he said he found a cooler filled with male genitalia, a bucket of heads, a bucket of arms, and even a small woman's head sewn onto a large male torso. Like I said, sometimes you don't want to know how the cake is made. <laughs> Hey, yeah, you know, and this is a little, a little bit inside baseball here after you die. Yeah, some people say you go to heaven, some say you go to the U.S. military. But um, and some say it's the same place. Am I right, fellas? Hey, oh, you're, you're, right, you cameras. are not wrong. Just ask my wife. <laughs> my wife, more like my dishwasher. Am I right? <laughs> no respect. Uh, headline harassment. All right, uh, Kraken name under fire as minority group claims ignorance. Like Kraken, like K-R-A-K-E-N. Yeah, like the new sports team. 
Oh, okay, okay. So I was thinking, right, the Seattle Kraken, the new hockey team. Now, I was thinking just the Kraken in general, this mythological sea beast uh, that expands for centuries, even, I'm sure. You know, I mean, there's a rum named after it. Uh, because I think there was, a, you know, any any of the, I believe the mythology of it is that when ships were traveling between Central America and Europe, those ships, you know, they didn't all make it. It's a fucking wooden ship. Sometimes they sank. And, uh, you know, if a ship didn't return or didn't make it, then stories of a, a beast that took the ships out is what happened and then eventually becomes the Kraken. And that's probably how it became rum because, you know, somewhere in the rum trade from Central America. Uh, now, I guess, you know, there's, there's tons of groups that have been called tons of things over a period of time. Uh, I wonder as to why now they've decided to object. Uh, you know, like, there's a company that makes a drink, and it's called Kraken. Uh, certainly in mythology, everybody is aware of the Kraken. You think if somebody was offended by that, it would have come up before now. Uh, but maybe, you know, the Seattle Kraken was just enough of the kick in the pants for them to be like, hey, or maybe could you be a hockey fan, honestly, that doesn't like the color of the jerseys? Uh, so I'm gonna say it's, it's asinine. Yeah, this one's made up. You can't get mad at the Kraken. There's, I mean, you can get mad at a lot of things. That one's a stretch. That one might be a bit of a stretch. Okay, Cam, headliner asinine, uh, house inspector caught on nanny cam pleasuring himself with an Elmo doll. Ugh. God. Oh boy. Um, oh, that one's a little bit spooky. Uh, home inspector. So yeah, he should be in there taking off boxes, uh, checking vents and everything like that. Not checking uh, the holes on an Elmo, if you know what I mean. Um, that being said, you know, when you think you're alone and uh, maybe your wife left you and you haven't had any female contact for a little bit, Things get a little bit weird, and, uh, you know, some people see a hole as a hole. I see an Elmo as a childhood. Um, never touch it after that, uh, especially in a sexual way. Uh, and I assume, yeah, he, he, he got caught, likely fired, and uh, now has to live the embarrassment of it for the rest of his life. That's a headline. Cam, this is a headline for you. Uh, this is a story out of Michigan where a man named Kevin Van Leuven, which is a 59-year-old, uh, house inspector was arrested and charged with indecent exposure and destruction of property after a nanny cam caught him pleasuring himself with an Elmo doll that he found in a child's room. So here's what's going on. The homeowners, uh, were um, a couple in their mid-20s, were selling the home to a new set of buyers. The buyers asked if the homeowners could bring in an inspector to make sure, like you said, check the vents, check the switches, make sure that everything is in tip-top shape. Um, the homeowners, who were not home at the time, uh, then received a notification on their phone from their nanny cam uh, that there was motion in the baby's room. They wanted to see what it was. When they checked the camera's footage, they were shocked to see that the man was pleasuring himself with their daughter's Elmo doll. Finished, and then put it back on the shelf uh, where he found it. The man was brought in, so uh, they, the homeowners tell the police right away. The man is brought into the police station without knowledge that the nanny cam was there and saw what he did. Initially, the man told the investigators that he moved the doll so he could check an electrical outlet that was behind it. But then as soon as the police officers let him know that there was a camera recording your movements, he just flat out admitted to doing it. <laughs> 
so as a result of the charge um, and uh, what he's yeah what he's been charged with um, and arrested with, uh, Van Leuven is not allowed to be alone in a home that is not his. Uh, he he is not allowed to contact the homeowners of this house, and he is required to undergo several mental health evaluations. That's a costly mistake. Yeah. Um, headline harassment again. Australian meth addict dresses up as cop and raids another drug user's home. I mean, that's it. You know, I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm more surprised that people don't try that in the first place like all you need to do is watch the wire right just do exactly what uh what's his name marlo no not marlo stanfield what's his name omar just do exactly what omar does yeah you're gonna fucking rob the hood blind and by doing so not only get rid of your competition but you're also helping the war on drugs if there's two drug dealers then there's only one drug dealer. That's half the amount of drug dealers out there. Isn't that what we want here in the war on drugs? Um, yeah, and if you know if you have a lot of money as a drug dealer, I mean crystal meth, whatever, you know, you could probably buy a pretty legitimate looking police officer's uniform, you know, full with the badges and the stripes and the pla and the you know little patches and all that kind of thing. You could end up actually, you know, being a convincing police officer. A quick shower, a shave. You got to cut your hair. That's the one thing, folks. Every anyone ever tells you they're a cop and their hair is long and their shoes are not shined, they are not a cop. I learned that from Kenny versus Spenny, um, of all places. But this does sound just intriguing enough uh, for me to want to know more. So I'm going to say it's a headline. This is a headline actually happened July 25th, 2016, where Daniel Thomas, 36, is now sentenced to 11 years in prison. Um, his role in this is him and a friend went to a house in, let me get this correct. It's a town name in Australia. Uh, apologies. It's L Lilydale, L Lilydale. Probably pronouncing it wrong. Anyway, runs to the house, uh, storms in saying this is a police raid. Get down on the floor, wear your drugs. I'll try and do my best Australian accent for the next part. You don't have, you don't have to. You don't have to. I will. Okay. Uh, for the fans at home. Okay. Two men, they ask, they get the marijuana and the crystal meth. And they say they don't think that's enough. So they say, I will kill you, mate. Now tell us what drugs are. And the Thomas yelled at the man, uh, get him to give more information. They hit the man with a hammer until, in their words, he passed out. Uh, yeah, I would use knocked out as a different <laughs> term. Like, But sure, let's use the word passed out in the article there. Um, after they left, they, they found the scene covered in blood. Uh, there was victim's body. Not, not a good... Not a good scene to walk down on. And, uh, yeah, now that person is in jail because, you know, I think he did everything right until he started hitting someone with a hammer. But I think by that point, then I think, yeah, you're, you're in a bad position as the victim either way. Yeah, you should so, just kill them. Just shoot them. Kill them. I mean, no, no, no witnesses. No witnesses. He already made someone else pass out by fear, I think, with a yeah, hammer. Just, yeah, just kill him and then get in the Chevrolet. Get in the Chevrolet. The Chevrolet. Keep the Chevrolet running. Yeah. It might be something under the dick. It's in in the dashboard. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there, Cam. I have one more headline here for you. Uh, headline last night. Uh, solar panel plants kill 150,000 birds a year. Solar powered, solar panel plants. Okay, yeah, because I would think the like, 
the ones with the spinning, which is the wind power, those probably kill a lot. You said 150 birds? That's like nothing. 150,000 birds a year. That's a lot more. Okay. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, maybe because they're... Uh, the only guess I would have is they're like tripling down on the environmentally friendly and also have wind power. Because I know though those kill a lot of birds because they just try and time it right and they never seem to. <laughs> um, but how could a solar... Maybe the one thing I would think is they try and land on them and they're just way too hot and then they just burn and die. Um, either that or the, they're just getting chopped by the blades of the fans or something like that. But that's a very high number uh, to be environmentally friendly. 150,000 birds. Or they're just eating them for breakfast. Who knows? Um, either way, that doesn't really make sense. I'm going to go ahead and call Asinon in this one. Cam, okay, um, this one is a headline here for you. And I don't know why you're talking about wind turbines. You're talking about solar panels. We're not talking about blades. Yeah, and but shit I just like don't I, I just don't know how a solar panel could kill a bird. Okay, well this is a story coming under the United States. Uh, where um, many groups actually have been increasing studies on America's solar farms, which of course is a great way uh, for new renewable energy. But Camp, at what cost? Because for the past few years, employees of these farms have been finding burnt and sometimes just just completely destroyed bird carcasses all over their workplace. Now, studies for this have actually been going on for the past five years now by Duke Energy, a company located in North Carolina, which concluded that the United States kill about 150,000 birds a year uh, with their solar farms, which is still less than one-tenth of one percent of birds killed annually by fossil fuels. Uh, really? And why... They don't really know yet. So one theory suggests that birds make the mistake uh, uh, from the glare of the solar panels to be the surface of a lake. They swoop down and they just fucking hit it. Uh, smack it, killing themselves. Just like a bird flying into a window because they don't see the window. Um, and other theories, other studies have suggested that, uh, and also with some proof, that in some areas of the desert, uh, sorry, sorry, in some areas of the desert, birds actually just fry up when they get too close to the panel. If the panels, if the sun is hitting the panel at the right angle and these birds come in, they will just burn up if they get too close to it. So it was something right on the heat then. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's exactly it. Yeah, they're yeah. just crashing into these things. They're burning up. It's too hot. But either may, either way, you may want to think twice before using solar power. Yeah, we should use carbon instead. Right? It seems to be. Exactly. But yeah, uh, but that's it. That is um, Headliner Ass 9, and that is probably a longer edition of this podcast than you're probably, li- uh, than you're probably used to. But hey, I had fun the entire time. Except for yeah, I, that whole middle period where I was uh, scoffing at you for lending your bike. I had a great time. Ah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Remember, you can rate, review, like, subscribe. The show is everywhere. We'd love to hear from you. Twoseasonapod at gmail.com. Any, yeah, we'd just love to, hear, uh, love to hear another voice here on the podcast. And uh, where we'll see you next week for, I guess, we got episode two of MacGyver. Okay, episode two of MacGyver. Can't wait. I'm kicking us off next week. So let's see how many... Let's see how many things he gets into next week. All right, everyone. Well, we'll tune in next week. Never forget, speaking of birds, ostriches have the largest eyes of any land animal. I'm Cam LeClaire, signing off till next week. Take care, folks. Oh,
continuing tonight on two C's in a pod. 96.7 on your Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's because we're two C's in a pod, two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's in a pod at gmail.com.